Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. And welcome to Anachronismo. I'm Max. I'm Jackie. I'm Noel. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the history of piggy banks. Oh, that's really it. That's a good one. It's pretty cute. I've often wondered why we put money in pigs. It's a short story, but it's cute. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure it's good. I, I hope it starts with a pig just eating a bunch of money and somebody being like, oh my God, right. listen to it. <laughs> we got to get this money. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to be talking about Yankee Doodle Vampires, the New England Vampire Scare. What? Yes. You'd be surprised at how recent it was. You know- I was talking with some friends from England the other day. It came up that, you know, I'm from Massachusetts. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're from the spooky part of America where all the horror ha- stories happen. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. We're from the spooky part. Yeah. Uh, Except for Texas. They've got all that chainsaw, chainsaw stuff. Massacres. I would say that's more slasher than horror. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it falls uh-huh. roughly between right after the Revolutionary War to right about when the Wright brothers were making their bicycle shop, I think. <laughs> Somewhere around there. So, yeah. It's a it's, pretty long time. Yeah, that's when it uh, started. So, kind of like uh, late 18th to 19th century. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. He's a Yankee Doodle Vampy. <laughs> Yankee Vampy through and through. A real-life biter of his uncle's track. Born right on, on the, the full, full moon. <laughs> <laughs> Every heart beats true. For a red, 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 red. <laughs> I didn't know anything beyond the first line of that song. Mm-hmm. He's got a Yankee Doodle neck bite. She's a Yankee Doodle bloody person. <laughs> Every heart beats true for her Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got legs to that. We can take that one on the road. Yeah. I feel like that could be a good Weird Al song. <laughs> Like a, a solid, a solid like B side. Yeah. It's no Hamilton polka. It's no Christmas at Ground Zero. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, Christmas at Ground Zero. It's what it sounds like. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. Bombs are falling. I don't remember the tune. It's good. Hmm. Yeah. It's a parody one, or it's one. Of it's an original one. Yeah. As is the Night Santa went crazy, mm. which is it's a banger, honestly. Oh yeah, I used yeah. to love that song yeah, in middle yeah. school. Yeah. Got to think about Santa going crazy. Yeah, my friend Paul and I used to sing it at each other all the time. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of Weird Al Yankovic songs are definitely songs to be sung at people. Yeah. Yeah. Everything You Know Is Wrong is was our mm, one that we would love that yell one. at each other yeah. all the time. Yeah. We both wrote it in each other's yearbooks in eighth grade. <laughs> Not the whole song, but oh, part yeah. of it. My friend Jeff Klein at a party one time. It was like a theater kid party, and he's not a theater kid. And all the theater kids were like doing like monologues and like telling stories and jokes and being t- really tiresome, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, sit, standing in, sitting in a circle, you know, taking turns to tell jokes and get attention. Yeah. And Jeff, who I've known since like middle school, uh, he gets up and he takes a big drink and he recites the entirety of the lyrics of Albuquerque. And like uh, about a paragraph in, one of the ki- one of the like theater kids like gasped and was like. <gasps> The whole thing? <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Uh, I believe we're going to do Jackie's story first. Piggy banks first. Piggy banks. Yeah. Putting money in the piggy bank. Oh. Feeding dollars to a big fat pig. Ambient sounds. You got that fully working there. That's, that's, a, that's a piggy owl, I guess, or piggy an owl. owly bank. <laughs> Piggy owl. Piggy, Piggy, owl owl bank. Bank. Piggy owl bank. Piggy banks can be any shape. Mm. That's something I learned in my it's research. only if you have a closed mind do you just assume they're all pigs. That's beautiful. <laughs> I could be a piggy bank. If I could just get myself to swallow more coins. <laughs> I keep you need also, stuck in my You need like a we rubber stopper like where you kind of put in like medical equipment. Yeah, I got that. To, okay. You know, the stopper is not necessary for a piggy Ooh. bank. 
Really? Mm-hmm. The stopper is really only a semi-recent invention. Really? You used to really just have to smash them open. With a big old hammer? Or however you would In smash them. In the gritty, them. detailed timeline of the piggy bank. <laughs> That was the that was like the golden age and the dark age was no rubber cork where they just I, well, well they, the lack of a, a cork or a plug really makes understanding the history of the pig bank difficult because by nature you must destroy them to use them. There's not too many examples of intact piggy banks because mm-hmm. you would smash them. So ultimately, piggy banks are the herald of sustainability and resourcefulness. Because not only you're saving money, but with a little rubber stopper, you're you're not just destroying piggy banks left and right. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I'll go with that. Now people just throw their just <laughs> empty the money from their piggy banks, put the stopper back in, and just throw it in the ocean. Turn- well, I, I just pour my cash into um, into wires, so it becomes electric money. Oh, <laughs> sounds really dangerous. I don't ever see my paycheck. It's all electric money. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> I finally am waking up. Hey, you're doing it, buddy. Waking up. Yeah. Waking up inside. Yeah. Can't wake up. <laughs> wake him up inside. Save that for the vampire. <laughs> Save that for the vampire thing. <laughs> so tell us about piggy banks, Jackie. Oh, man. So it's not particularly clear where they came from. There's a couple different paths to the modern piggy bank. Mm-hmm. One of the many origins is 15th century Europe, where there was um, this type of clay called pug, spelled P-Y-G-G. <laughs> spelled pig. Spelled pig. <laughs> yep. Pronounced pug, spelled pig. Okay. Um, and this was used, you know, for your everyday earthenware needs, plates, jugs, pots. Was it good clay? Was it bad clay? I don't know. It was know. clay clay. It was, it was clay. It was clay. It was okay. clay. Pug it was clay. orange color. Sure. Sounds like clay. I mean, generally, like pig iron is generally like kind of shitty iron or unrefined iron. So I'd imagine pig clay is the same. Pug clay is the same. Is it spelled the same? P-Y-G-G? Mm, you know, honestly, in the past, spelling is kind of a choose-your-own-course buffet. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not okay. Sure. It served its purpose for everyday earthenware things that you would have in your home. Because metal for household objects was not a thing. Yeah. So served every purpose. It served all those purposes, including being um, pots or jars, which mm. people used to keep their money in. Mm. And so, much like in the very famous historical documentary, uh, Legend of Zelda. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go into people's houses and smash up the place. And yeah. Take the money and leave. That's right. That's uh, a an account of a real famous historical criminal named Link. Who used to just go and smash people's pots open and, and steal their money. All the other stuff got added in later when they tried to like humanize it, make it a little more relatable. But it all started as a, a documentary, a playthrough documentary. <laughs> so over time, the pronunciation of pug turned to pig. So your pig pot, your pig bank was a pig bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very good. Pig bank. A pig bank. And then the a pig po- pot, a pig plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just imagining a world where everything is just it's like we've made it more complicated than it need to be. We used to call it plates, and now we call it pig plate. Bring it, <laughs> pig, pig jug, pig, pig chamber pot, pig. <laughs> I was gonna make that same one. Pig baby cradle. Bring me my pig to poop in. Yeah, so it seems to be one of those things where, like, the name of what it's made of replaced the name of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then through either miscommunication or jokes, people started making their pig banks in the shape of pigs. pigs. Mm. When so pug it was, it was became a just a closer lot of, to pig. Yeah. Just fucking around time in those yeah. dark ages. <laughs> so just hey. like, all right, we we've got the uh well fourteenth century is middle, mm-hmm. but like we've got the we've got the basic of the pots down. Now we gotta put it in all the little nuance of the details, their little cloven hooves and little snouts and it's before Netflix, people had to make their own fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You want a what? What is pottery? What? Stoneware. Stoneware. Pottery. Earthenware. Ceramics. I was just gonna be like, you want a yeah, like ceramics and chill. <laughs> yeah. You want a ceramics and chill? Like you know, a third <laughs> of us got wiped out by the uh, the plague. So gotta repopulate. Gotta repopulate the earth, which, as far as we know, is infinite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's so many just dirty things I can say, and I'm choosing not to. Okay. You, but my, you can tell me and I'll tell them. Yeah, show my my piggy my piggy p- penis. Show my piggy penis. Now, what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, his penis is made of clay. Yeah. Why? 
Because everything is. No, I don't think they started replacing people's uh, body. Like I don't think they were chopping off limbs and excavating organs Mm -hmm. and then making crude copies of them out of clay. I mean, look at the ancient Egyptians, baby. They saran wrapped their dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like a prank. Like the noble musicians of yore clung in saran wrap. Like David Hasselhoff. What? What? You don't know about this? He's dead no he's um he's famous for having sex tapes where he gets wrapped in saran wrap <laughs> why <laughs> yeah why because that's his thing his like, penis or his whole body his whole body baby whole body. wait but okay uh, like thing. a hug no a very hot hug it's it's far worse it's, have you seen any of these tapes no i've just i've lived on the internet long enough to have had the knowledge osmos into my brain through my cell walls have you seen it or is this just like one big internet joke where it's not real, but everyone says you know, it's I real. Haven't, I haven't investigated any farther, is the thing. You know, than, than just knowing, having this fact be plopped into my brain. Right, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to derail as much further on this topic, because no good can come of it. Sure. But were these, like, uh, almost, like, leaked tapes, or were these actually, like, I think they were leaked. The industry. I don't fucking know, man. I okay. didn't investigate any further. I, well, as far as I'm concerned, you're the the only expert. and most qualified expert that I know on okay, David Hasselhoff. Let's go to Google. Films. No, I said I didn't want to get sidetracked. Okay, well. <laughs> I, like, no, how I many times it. wrapped are we talking? Like, a loose thing? This just seems like a waste of saran wrap. Yeah. Yeah. It's a single-use plastic. Seems like a waste of film, too. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Oh my God, stop. You know, we know you care about it a lot, but I don't like, I think the topic is kind of, save it for another Anachronismo episode if you're this passionate about it. Max, don't give the puppy dog stare. (laughs) What about his dick? Okay, let's, I'm going to cut all this out. No, you're not. No, you're not. So novelty shaped (laughs) money boxes are nothing new. The oldest um, Western examples go back to the second century BC. It was in the shape of a Greek temple. Isn't that cute? Oh, that is cute. A little temple bank. Yeah, and that's one of the oldest ones. Again, these are difficult to study because you break them when yeah. you take the money out. Mm-hmm. And presumably most people were using their money at some point. Mm-hmm. This is an intact temple then with money still inside. I don't know if money was so still th- inside. That's where I'm confused of where the tradition of making it like a coin slot on top rather than just, say, just having a jar that's just dedicated for, you know, throwing money in versus like the idea that it's slid at the top so there's no way of getting the money out without breaking it so i think that is you know part of the psychological thing of i'm not going to spend this because i'm putting it in this box where i literally can't get it out until i decided to break the whole thing that would be my assumption that it just is a better way to save and not lose track of it or have it easily fall out it's hard to make yourself crush that little pig didn't stop Link from just breaking into those houses. Oh, just... but he was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do pure speculation on this, but offering boxes at like temples and churches and stuff were some of the examples of money boxes that I came across. And mm-hmm. I think that is a style of money box that you would probably one of the first types to innovate on having a plug or something at the bottom. Yeah. Because yeah. it's you don't have to a keep... collection mechanism yeah. rather than a storage Saving mechanism. Yeah. So yeah. maybe. Yeah, Maybe that, that's where they When they used to pass the pig around at, at uh, church, you know, you put some money in, you wouldn't touch the plug, but you know, you, they, they kept their eyes on you. They made sure. Don't touch the pig plug. Don't touch that pig's Aww, plug. Now I'm imagining if churches actually did that. They just, instead of the baskets, they just had a little piggy bank. Of, uh, of, I feel uh, like it would really help collections. Yeah. And, and like make them look like really cute, put them in like little angel robes, have a little mm, tiny like, halo. halo on well, that's, top. <laughs> I mean, depending on the church, that's either very blasphemous or just nice. I'm going to go with nice. <laughs> <laughs> That is cute, though. Yeah. Uh, all pigs go to heaven. Makes you feel less bad about eating them. Oh, yeah. I'm just bringing them to heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, that well, heaven is what I say when eating pigs. Welcome to heaven, pig. <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're paving the way for me. <laughs> oh. 
Delicious. Oh, man, I wish there was a, a piggy bank for bacon that I didn't finish, and I just put <laughs> slipped the bacon into a yeah. piggy bank. For... I, I also wish you had a uh, a bank full of rancid, rotting <laughs> bacon. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you could... And then smash it open when I'm ready. <laughs> run. Uh, old, greasy, rancid bacon fat. Maybe at some uh, point it would turn into like a fermented delicacy, ooh. but it'd take a while. Or you could use it in like a wacky races and smash it behind you to make somebody drive on an oil slick. That also punctures their tires. Yeah, punctures their tires, yes. I <laughs> uh, threw out some bacon liqueur. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. We've got to slow down to drink it. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, lick it off the pavement. Now we're... <laughs> oh, no, we can't get back in the car. We'll get a DUI. <laughs> You've won again, Baron Von Ham. Uh. We might be bad guys, but we also respect the laws of road safety. We're bad guys, but we're not stupid guys. Never drink and drive. They turn to the camera. They just leave their abandoned car in the middle of the road. Their, doors open. Their car with like the big like th- like hands yeah, on the side. Like a Twenty car pile up. That's like got all the, like, the gadgets to like disrupt stuff. Like it's got like the big like windmill windmill on like a on a thing on the top that someone runs inside to drive it. You know the whole thing. Their infant still in the car seat in the back, <laughs> buckled in. We'll see you later, baby Frankenstein. <laughs> Wacky races are always like you know. There's like a monster car. Okay, I yeah, see that yeah. baby Frankenstein was a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who would make a Frankenstein out of a baby? Jackie, no. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like I a mean, Mr. Potato Head. You need more babies, not just one. So no one would make it out of one baby, Max. What are you talking about, Max? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Man, like you are just, your port, your wheelhouse is just the... David Hasselhoff pornography tapes. And yeah, once stay you in your port, lane, Max. Man, stay in your you, lane. You just, you just hit that storm. Yeah, I should should stay off those uh, high oceans of Frankenstein babies. Yeah. Jackie. All you right. gave me a look, though, when I said Mr. Potato Head would be a Frankenstein baby. Yeah. W- why? Well, because I pictured it. Uh, Mr. Potato Head? Um, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, Mr. Potato Head made out of baby, dead baby parts. Oh, wait, we're talking about dead baby parts. Well, you have to have a dead baby to Frankenstein. Yeah, because it's dead before you make it alive. And potatoes conduct electricity. Would the true. baby be like eight feet tall? No, no it'd be like baby size. Potato size. size. Potato, size. Size. potato head okay. size, yeah. Okay. Got an eight foot tall baby. No, okay. thank you. <laughs> okay. Cool, all right, yep. Like all it, good. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you pictured it, right? It's yeah. awful. Yeah, no, it's not great. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there are a couple other potential origins of the piggy bank. Some accounts go as far back as the King Dynasty. I definitely pronounced that wrong. Q-I-N-G. Some, ba- some piggy bank accounts. <laughs> yes, the piggy bank accounts go back as far as the King Dynasty. That's because pigs back then were considered a symbol of wealth and abundance. Um, There's also been some piggy banks found in Indonesia on the island of Java. Um, Actually, this is the oldest piggy bank of all Mm -hmm. that we have. It's from the 14th century. It wasn't a pig. It was a boar, a boar-shaped vessel. And it is super cute. And I drew a little sketch of the of it. Oh, that's good. It's got giant jowls mm-hmm. and it's so chubby. Big chubby boar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been eating all that money. Yeah. It's got really cute little swirls on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually reconstructed it because they found it broken in pieces because someone Smashed took the it money. To get the money open. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's actually really cool the reconstruction because you can see where they made up parts where mm-hmm. where it should have connected. Yeah. Where um, the hammer hit. Probably. Yeah. In Indonesia, there's a word. It is. Sel- I'm definitely not pronouncing this right, but Seleninganan. Seleninganan? Yeah, there's there's a lot of consonants in a row. C-E-L-E-N-G-N-A-N. Seleninganan, sure. <laughs> Seleninganan. Can I see? Yeah. Seleninganan. 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 And that basically means boar, mm-hmm. like in the shape of a boar. And eventually it kind of morphed into also meaning wealth. Selignan. The word itself. Ah. So it, it turned from being like, Selignan means in the shape of a boar, which was associated with um, people being rich and owning livestock. Mm-hmm. So it meant that you were were wealthy because you had boars. Ah. And then it became kind of like- A, a word, it turned it, into being a word for actually being wealthy. Being wealthy and then for the container of money itself. 
Oh, cool. And then it became in the shape of pigs. Yeah. Not all of them. It, again, it's one of those novelty things where mm. it's like the word has it, double meaning, so yeah. let's have fun with this and yeah. make the thing in the shape of the other yeah. thing. It really does sound like they both coincidentally developed like it. Uh, I, I'm assuming the um, uh, Chinese or Indonesian one was, was earlier than 15th century, but... This one's 14th century. 14th century, but it really sounds like they got developed in parallel but totally separately of just like calling the clay pig and just being like ah, or pug and being like ha, ha. it's kind of like pig and then making it like novelty and shapes of pigs versus another one which is just like oh yeah culturally this means wealth and so if you're we just we're putting our change in there let's have a novelty of putting it in the shape of that animal like uh so the silk road also connected all of these different areas so it's possible that, that someone was just like oh hey they've got a box shaped like a pig that's cute why don't i make my box in the shape of a pig yeah because you know just the image of something can travel in interesting ways so, i don't know though so it's kind just, of a mystery. the road would be littered with piggy banks <laughs> <You> just smash <laughs> and be like what is this garbage man this silk road is really somebody should get hired to have a street sweeper on it mm-hmm Kind of like that one on the uh, Dragon's Road and, and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. The straight scooper on Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to get into that anymore. Because I, I can picture it perfectly because I also watched those as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Selegnan. Oh, my God. I cannot say this word. Selegnan. Selegnan. Um, was actually derived from something called a tabungnan, which is a, a tube or cylinder that's used... Um, to hold stuff. Yeah. A holding tube. A holding tube. Mm-hmm. Mostly made of bamboo. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. You, they often use those to hold oil as well oh. for lamps and things. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So a selungnan is an offshoot of the tabungnan. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the 19th century, the... Um, Oh my gosh, what are those things called? The little cats with the hands? The oh yeah, the Maneki Nekos. The Maneki Nekos became very popular and were widely mass produced in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the thought was like, oh, that's real cute. What if we did the same thing but with our pigs? Mm-hmm. And then that became a mass distributed product of cool. pig banks. Huh. So a lot of like strange, not not one thing you can point to for the origin of the piggy bank of just like all these different things in different cultures that then connected and then were influenced by other things in international commerce. That's very cool. So sorry, that wasn't really a straight line of a story, but Hey, I did. History doesn't work that way. I did history of matches once. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, cool. Next time on Piggy Bank Forensics. Well, it seemed like he was in a hurry <laughs> when he smashed the piggy bank. You could see that the uh, the hammer blow came from the side, and he must have been, he must have had to call into some weird mail-in contest and had to get that money quickly. <laughs> Looks like he's in a whole hog of trouble. Yeah! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> His bacon is cooked. Oh my god, who's hitting that cat outside? <laughs> I'm trying really... Ugh, I made a bad um, pig squeal noise. I, That's uh, what I was trying to do. I, 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 I didn't notice. I figured. <laughs> oh. There we go. That's uh, oh, this, is audio, this is audio poison. <laughs> so uh. Sometimes Jackie likes to sneak up on me and then grab me, and I'll just start going... Like I'll just start bucking, going, squeak, squeak. Yeah, Sweet. she rides you around the apartment. Yeah. No, well, tries to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it works. The size differential works out. Much Are you calling me that. eight feet tall? Yeah, <laughs> you kind calling of. me huge. You call yeah. me huge. Yeah, you call me a huge nerd. You're a ve- yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a tall boy. Okay. Yeah, Jackie is is average size for woman. You're particularly tall. Okay. She could ride you easily. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I feel like that's not controversial. No. Jackie, no, back me I up just, here. No, no. I, yeah. I just no. no I constantly no, say, "Don't I want a piggyback ride?" No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then also, I want one. And then it's like, and I don't then... have a papoose big enough for this. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm picturing Noel in like a front riding papoose on you. We picture this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and he just stands up and like lifts you up and it's a piggyback <laughs> ride for you again. Yeah. 
Uh, kind of like a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. What would you do if you wanted to get your money out of a piggy bank that didn't have a plug, but you didn't like want to smash it? How'd you get it out? Shake it precisely until it comes back out the slot. <laughs> um, how how would you get it out without breaking what, it? Without smashing it, specifically. I would like get a chisel and I'd like try and slowly like chip it. Either I think I would do like a, a symmetrical cut, so from like snout to butt and mm. all the way around, so it would fall into two pig halves and mm-hmm. then get the money out and then like try and like glue it back together afterwards. I think I think I would have I mean this is almost taking the rubber cork idea, but like I would have the slot for the money at the top, but mm-hmm. then I would have the nostrils of the pig mm-hmm. like be slightly wider holding. Oh, so you, you could shake it out. It you could be, shake it out without be sneezing money. Necessarily a stopper, <laughs> yeah. I like That's that. Cute. Yeah. Uh, cute. We're gonna take a quick break and be back with story two. So welcome to the break. So we really love doing this show. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, if you do, why not drop us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. Uh, we love to see these reviews are like just fantastic to when people like our show enough to say something. And it really helps us uh, find new audience members. Why not have yourself a day and just uh, review us? Review us. Review Aww, us. Oh, that was cute that you winked when you said that, even yeah. though they couldn't see <laughs> they that. Can't, they can't see it, but they can hear the difference in my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackie, Noel, do you have anything to plug at this session? So on the last episode, I teased that there were two animal-related Niagara Falls stories, but I only told you one of Ooh. them because I accidentally forgot the detail of the other one. So I'm going to do a little, little supplement. Ooh. A little supplement. Jackie's supplemental um, stories. <laughs> so if you recall, there was a man named George L. Staticus who went over the falls in 1930, and he was the one who made it over the falls, but then his barrel got stuck behind the waterfalls, and the rescuers couldn't come and get him, and he ended up suffocating to death in the barrel. But someone did survive that trip, and it was his 150-year-old pet turtle who he took with him in the barrel. That's such an old turtle. Yeah, yeah. And, Nothing, um, well, I mean, that turtle's lived that hasn't lived... That turtle hasn't lived that long by accident. That turtle is a survivor. Mm-hmm. So uh, the turtle survived the fall and the suffocation uh, and the um, the water. lack of air. Yeah, but um, George did not, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, the turtle fucking burrowed into his belly and used him as a skin suit. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine that turtle <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> just bursting out of his chest, just flopping around in that? Not flopping. Uh, but it ricocheting yeah. through that barrel. He probably died from turtle-related injuries. From turtle, yeah, from yeah. A, a ballistic turtle injury. I Unless don't think the turtle had a little harness. That oh, much of cute. the air pocket. Yeah. In also, there before. Why would you bring your turtle with you in the barrel? Because uh, they're best buds. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You gotta go with your best friend. You're gonna kiss that turtle too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably get a little sick. Yeah. Well, you get <laughs> sick from ki- turtle kisses. Yeah. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. So we little turtle kisses. Mwah. They whoa, carry disease. The, That's a weird Salmonella. I'm going to kiss this turtle. All right, turtle. Wrap me up in this saran wrap and then use your beak to, to rip cut it off. Yeah. You can't, is... you can't hold the box and rub it around the jagged edges to make a clean tear. That's what I like, turtle. Uh, Why are we like this? I don't know. <laughs> I like, thanks for sharing that extra story. That's, yeah, no uh, I realized that I had teased I can't it in the recording a, of the episode. I can't believe a 150-year-old turtle went over Niagara Falls and lived. That That's yeah. the turtle I want to see. Is that turtle still alive? Can I visit that turtle? I don't know. I didn't see the name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll poke around and see if he's still around. Okay, yeah. Please. I hope he gets buried in the... Um, yeah, in Stunter's Rest. In Stunter's Rest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Noel, do you have anything you want to plug? Nope. Okay. And I'm just going to plug... Uh, True Tales of the Illuminati, again. Uh, So by the time you listen to this, our whole first season will be available for download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever. And you can listen to all three episodes, uh, these adventures and bunglings and thrills and spells and many, many jokes of this team of Illuminati goons. I have listened to the episodes we have out like three times already because I like them so much. And I know that's self-indulgent, but uh, I, I really love this show we've made and I think you'll love it too. Uh, or at least enjoy it. You know, you don't have to love it. And I understand that's a little too much commitment. So, uh, yeah, 
give True Tales of the Illuminati a listen on your podcatcher of choice. It's good. I listened to the first episode twice. Oh, that's that's high praise. Episode two is out now, Jackie. I'll have to check yeah. it out. Also, we're part of a, a podcast network called the Make Fun Network, uh, where you can find other great podcasts like This Rules, This Sucks, Top 5 of Death, the Meow Meow Kitties podcast, and I'm sure several others. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to do it for this break. We're going to get back to the show. Hey, we're back. Well, Vampires then. are real. What? Nah, I'm just kidding around. They're not. <laughs> don't, but, don't get my hopes up like but that. But boy, some New Englanders really were dedicated to the cause. They're uh, real as literary themes yeah. and characters. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was so afraid of vampires that I would sleep on my back to make sure that the vampires couldn't bite the back of my neck and drink the blood. Because I thought they bit the back of the neck uh, to drink the blood, not oh, the front. Oh, I thought it was the side. Like it's like it's like the jugular vein. Car, I'd call the front side mm. more front than back. That's why you need to get um one of those like anti-licking dog cones. Dog cones to keep vampires from biting your neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, or put it on the vampire. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but the, you can only control yourself. Got the ultimate indignity. <laughs> but Matt, you can only control yourself. You That's can't true. control a vampire. Can't control a vampire, no matter how much you you want to. Mm-hmm. Vampires Even if it's for the best. They need their own freedom. Sometimes, you know. Sometimes, yeah. You gotta let your vampire grow. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, he's gonna resent you. Like the classic early 90s uh, free villi where there's a, a little boy finds a vampire. And it's just this great scene at the end where um, they're trying to keep the vampire at SeaWorld. And the little boy's like, no, villi, get out of here. And he, he jumps over a head and he turns into a bat and flies away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really touching. Yeah, you know, I, you there's know. actually a deleted scene in that movie where he starts to jump and he actually launches himself with a boy's neck and sucks out all of his blood yeah. before picking yeah. up up the little corpse and just running away with it held over his head. Child actors. Yeah. They went through, they were, you know, luckily they cast twins for that because it was yep. easier to get them yep. on set. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in Full House. Yeah. 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 I almost became a child actor because of that. Because of... Free because of no, the, the, because the of, scene in Free Villy no. where a child is killed. Needed Free Villy two. <laughs> Free Villy two. The hunt for more blood. No, no, because um, my I have a twin sister, uh-huh. so my mom received a casting call thing for a soap opera that was looking for twins. Oh, um, but we weren't identical, so we didn't get it. Oh, yeah. I they didn't know you have a twin sister. That. I do. Huh. What else don't I know about you, Jackie? Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, no. But you knew I had a sister. Yeah, I know your sister. I didn't know she was your twin. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to be like my twin. Yeah, it's weird. Then it's like, why do you want everyone to why, know you have a twin? Why, why, why do you, you dress identically with the same haircut? Yeah. So you got, you guys were joking about Free Villy, but there was a movie with almost that exact plot. What called The Little Vampire, and it's about a boy who befriends a child vampire. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Very similar. Yeah, they end up going their separate ways. Yeah, their lives As, are different. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah. As happens. So tell us about the actual historical story now that we've fucked around for like five minutes. Well. <laughs> like ten minutes. It's been more than five. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's that 19th century America, and Europe for that matter, and even today worldwide, tuberculosis is just a very deadly, uh, easily spread disease. It wasn't at epidemic levels like the plague or something, but it still was. It could be very devastating to, um, to a community because... The symptoms could sometimes show up after a long time or after a short time. This was also before, if you remember... Um, germ theory of disease? Germ theory of disease, still kind of under development right now as we... The, like, miasma? Yeah. Yeah, as, you know, James Garfield <laughs> discovered lying on the floor of a train station with doctors sticking their fingers into his bullet wound going, oh, we got to get this bullet out. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing we do right now. So, so without the germ theory behind it, people would get kind of scared because it was like, who's it going to hit next and mm-hmm. when? No and- way to track it. So was it like that Like the only thing they noticed was, hey, sometimes when you hang out with somebody who has this disease, you get it too? Well, there are several components that went into this that I did not know about New England tuberculosis? at the time. Um, oh, and, about New England and about the vampire thing. And okay. about the, yeah. So tuberculosis at this time was called consumption because by observation, it looked like people were getting just consumed from the inside out. Like, mm. I, I think just the way that it, I don't know a lot of the details, didn't really want to look them up. But, you get thinner, um, you get uh, gaunt, you start coughing up blood. Yeah. You know. 
very unpleasant way to go. And there are two interesting potential factors that really caught on that, you know, this wasn't just a regular disease, that there was something spooky about it. The first one was that it turns out that a lot of New Englanders at this time were not puritanical or religious in nature. Like a lot of the farmers in New England were kind of very lax about religious practice in the 19th century. No time for church when you got to be on the farm. Yeah. Picking rocks and squeezing cow teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, one article I said like likened Rhode Island farmers like to closer to like heathens that just really didn't have Bibles and have like masses, just didn't practice religion. Oh, yeah. Um, Rhode Island is like famous for being a religious haven. No, even but for a religious haven, like to escape like oppression from the Puritans. But even on the flip side of that, like just the idea that it was more of the freedom to not practice at oh, all rather than just freedom to practice what I believe in. So. The second factor that came into this is that where did vampirism just sort of come up and get related to this turkey tuberculosis epidemic? No, I said it wasn't an epidemic. The tuberculosis outbreaks that you could see. And it was because of, uh, in 19th century, more Eastern European um, immigrants were coming to the United States. Oh, and they would... They would drink the blood from the hippies. yeah. They the Eastern European the German immigrants were known for just drinking people's blood. Sure, um, yeah, just, it was big steins, yeah, yeah, just from their yeah, yeah big steins, usually depicting the... like castles and stuff, and mm-hmm. and yeah, they uh, <laughs> no, so they yeah, they come around, collect all the bloody handkerchiefs, and but then eat squeeze them. them out into steins, yeah, yeah. clank them together, and wear lederhosen, and just chug blood, yeah, blood chuggers, yeah. You've read this article, haven't you? <laughs> no, so um, the, those blood-chugging German immigrants and leftover Hessians who stayed in the United States after the Revolutionary War, um, you know, kind of gave credence to this, whoa, there's this disease that is reminiscent of mythology involving vampires, just mm-hmm. the undead coming back at night and they're feasting on the living, and that's what is actually making them gaunt and, and dying. And how did this connect to Europeans coming? That these were from like Eastern European were like vampire. Oh, so people were racist. What? So people were racist then? No. No, wait, the Eastern Europeans brought this idea? Brought the vampire myth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Connected the myth. They connected the dots. They're like, oh, hey, yo, we've heard of this. Yeah. People, they cough off the blood and they die and more people get sick and gone. It is vampires. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, the vampires actually taught us how to chug blood. Super, super. (laughs) It is part of our our country's creation myth. They are culture heroes and they invent blood chugging and also Lederhosen. Super racist accent. (laughs) Um... There is one. Sorry, I want to get the exact quote here. That is why an umpapa band is also called a vampire band. No, the, but they they were actually starting to warn people. That they, they only were... play spooky music. <laughs> umpapa, umpapa. Can't, tell me you can't picture a vampire just walking around, walking you're around, walking around, around the, stiff-legged, the, walking around. You're walking around the park at night. It's all misty out, and then you hear. Umpapa, 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 Mary, what was that? Nothing, Charles, nothing. All right, Mary. Um, you know what? I love not practicing religion. Me too. I. Oh, it's a German. Gulp, 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 gulp. Oh, I just chucked all of this blood out of his stein, and I need more. Um, yeah, so that's that's sort of um, two components of mm-hmm. this that kind of allowed it to catch on. Because um, Rhode Island was sort of the epicenter of this belief, but it was around in Connecticut as well, and um, I think parts of Massachusetts. But just this idea that there's this consumption disease, people don't really understand how it works or the timelines of, of how it affects people, but they know that it's happening if you're in proximity to people, mm-hmm. and that there's also a population that's more more or less kind of open to suggestion yeah. about what could be the cause of it and they you don't also have, have bibles driving the bad thoughts yeah. out and yeah. then you then you have immigrants who are coming from eastern europe where this like mythology is per, like particularly popular um and so it starts 
kind of making people go a little bit crazy and suspicious over people who have um, consumption and die from it. Because there's just so many cases of the first person who dies from it in the family is believed to be a vampire. Like once other people in their family start getting sick mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, they're, they must be coming back at night and, and preying on them. They're, they're eating their family members. It, it's kind of nuts. Like they had, um, there was one case where a woman in Rhode Island whose sister had died of consumption. And then at some point she was having what sounds like a night terror, just having a dream where there was a shadowy figure sitting on them, which sounds like those, uh, night terrors. Yeah. yeah. Like sleep paralysis is a, that's a pretty common symptom of sleep paralysis. And actually yeah. the way it's been, that has been interpreted over the centuries has changed depending on what is in, in popular culture. If you, um, if you read Carl Sagan's book, the demon hunter world Science is a candle in the dark. He gets into some detail about how like people used to think it was the Virgin Mary or people used to think it was uh you know demons of the air or like starting from the 50s or like oh it's aliens little gray men <laughs> stuff like that yeah so it was sorry I know a lot about so, that one <laughs> so just that like that type of phenomenon mixed with just the spread of the disease made them start exhuming corpses to really try to uh, determine if the person had been a vampire so what traditionally a lot of these rural agrarian New England graveyards were mostly just wood boxes with the dead in them, but some have been uncovered that are like stone mausoleums that they've opened up the coffin and the the skeleton inside is beheaded and turned upside down and just has had its ribs shattered because mm-hmm. I don't know who told them that this was the way to cure tuberculosis but it, it was more of to kill vampires yeah but you know what if the the ends you, you know arose by any other name <laughs> the, their method of uh of curing back of combating yeah. consumption was yeah. that uh to kill vampires yeah to take the to exhume the corpse corpse that they believed was coming up at night and attacking family members cut off the head uh cut off the head break the ribs take out the organs burn the organs at a public ceremony, yeah. take the ashes, and have the family members drink the ashes. That probably did more oh. to spread it than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they um, really barbaric, like, to the point that for people living outside of New England, since That's a lot of this started getting momentum and probably was at its peak in the mid-19th century, these look like just crazy people. Yeah. Are just this looks like a death cult. Have gone back like 200 years Jesus. and are just... Um, yeah, can you still spread tuberculosis after you're dead? Oh, uh, it's like there's germs alive, yeah. I I don't know. You like, can I, catch plague from a corpse pretty easy. I mean, the fact that it's... I mean, I think the... But there's a the, waiting period because they've already been buried and then they have to wait yeah. for the family members to get sick. So Which hopefully sometimes they could be years after, but sometimes could just be months. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in some cases, what would happen is that the way they would prove that the person was a vampire is if it happened f- close enough and depending on the season, when they exhumed the person and like almost like did a, a small autopsy, some of the organs like still had like blood in them. Like yeah. they were still decomposing, but they'd be like, aha, there's blood in this heart from you, vampire. Let's... Burn your organs and have your family members drink them, and then they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah, pretty it's bad. no wonder that people call us the spooky part of America. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, yeah. I had not really heard of this before. Like, I, you know, you hear a lot about Salem witch trials and just kind of, you know, stuff like the Headless Horseman and... and um, New York, I forget where it is. It's in Austin, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, you hear these stories, and I had like never heard of this like crazy rash of just people just going insane. Like they they recognize something about the oh. disease, about decomposition and about it spreading and about the symptoms of it look like someone was just just slowly kind of being fed on and it just they really ran wild with their imaginations. How much of the organs did you have to eat? Um, I think they mostly did heart and liver, I think. It's still a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think most of the chance of it spreading from, it was probably from the exhume process. Like, mm-hmm. I imagine when they, they burned it, like, it was just ash at that point. So, oh. uh, the most notable case of this was uh, a woman named, sorry, looking up the name. Peepo Pappins. Was a 
Mercy Lena Brown from Exeter, Rhode Island, that um, her and her brother Edwin had had a sister that had died a few years previously from tuberculosis. She died. They got sick a couple of years later. Uh, Edwin went to Colorado Springs because bearing in mind, like, this is the 1880s. Like, this is after the California gold rush. This is, like, this is just very late in the century for this to still be uh, subscribed to. And uh, so Mercy passed away. And the town approached them and being like, she might have been a vampire because, you know, her sister was probably a vampire. So the father gives them permission to exhume his daughter's corpse. And yeah, it was one of those cases where they removed some of the organs and there was still blood in them. And so they thought they were vampires. And so they had a big old town town fair just with 500 people on uh on the town green just burning organs and then making concoctions with them that's insane that's so many people that's Uh, incredible and today we celebrate with the rhode island state fair (laughs) (laughs) um oh actually you know what sorry the biggest one was in that 500 on the town green was in Sorry, that was actually in the very start of this, 1793. What? That they have the the 500 Manchester residents mm-hmm. watch this ritual take place. Then in 1883, the same type of ritual for the same type of reasons happened in Rhode Island. So and that's like, where black licorice comes from. I don't get it. I don't well, get it. It's either. made out of ashes of vampires. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's made into a concoction to make it more more palatable to eat. Oh, I see. Yes, it's, um, it's a it's a lie I'm telling for comedic purposes. Yes, wow, yeah. <laughs> yes, it didn't work out. I thought that the um, that the Manchester one in one of the articles I was reading, they actually had like it near another incident that was in I think Woodstock, New Hampshire. So I read it as like 500 people came out to a big celebration in Woodstock to burn organs and I was like, okay, all right. It was really history no? repeats itself, man. They were they were eating <laughs> organs at Woodstock in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, what that, do you think they ate when they were listening to music there? Huh? <laughs> Organs could have been human organs. Probably don't know. was. Probably was human organs. You know how much human organs you can put in a piggy bank? <laughs> Depends you. on the size of the pig. The, God, the sma- I hate the image of smashing open a piggy bank full of organs and just the like crack sploosh sound yeah. it would make. Uh, I would say maybe put maybe this podcast should have a little bit of a warning thing for this story because yeah. there is a lot of just. Organ it, organ. Yeah, it's a lot horror. of gristle and yeah. a lot of uh, stuff that gets stuck yeah. between your teeth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate when my blood licorice gets stuck in my teeth. Me too. It's the worst. So some of the culture around this was this was insane to behold. Like New Englanders, particularly just rural New Englanders, were just made fun of for how insane it was because mm-hmm. there was no, I guess, crimes being committed per se because they always got permission to exhume bodies yeah and they didn't you know they were trying to quote unquote cure those who were still sick and those who were still sick consented to to consume i mean they are the crime is desecration of a corpse like that is a crime even with permission for who the corpse belongs to (sighs) and even at that time like if i I write in my instructions i think nowadays this would be desecration of a corpse oh yeah this was specifically written in that person's will that they wanted this to happen Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i don't know about the legality of because yeah Yeah. a difference would be like today you could with written permission exhume a corpse and take a sample of the organs to like do medical testing on Mm -hmm. and that would be okay that's like a medical procedure or like exhume it and like do an autopsy but assuming it, burning the organs and drinking them, I would definitely say is the crime of desecration. There of was course. no time, Max. <laughs> These people were being attacked. People were dying. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, even uh, Henry David Thoreau is quoted as, the savage in man is never quite eradicated. And this came from a man who had his mom do all his laundry. All his laundry. The most, and he, and he, he, yeah. He just, <laughs> the most genteel and refined of men. Yeah, just being like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Mom, you read about this? <laughs> um, I left yeah. a newspaper clipping in my shorts. Mm. The brown ones. Yeah, the brown shorts. 
They weren't not brown the, when I got them. Not that one. The other ones. <laughs> the other ones. So, Mom, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Mom, I got organ dust all over my shirt. Pass Wash my it. Pants. <laughs> so, I mean, there's all these different cases, but they all come down to similar things of just someone dies of consumption when their family gets sick. They get blamed as being a vampire. They have their corpse exhumed and parts burned, turned upside down, behead, like all these things like put into stone mausoleums and said and the really scary part is that records from this time particularly much like piggy banks records from this time are equally hard to trace back and so there is really no telling like just kind of how pervasive this was because you know some of these graves are difficult to find like one of the cases of that stone mausoleum where they found that this desecrated corpse was like 1990 so damn yeah <laughs> they could be lurking in any cemetery right that's now. that's the takeaway yeah. Yeah. could be vampires beneath your feet right now yeah listeners. so and at least it's better that they thought that the dead person was the vampire and they didn't blame another innocent living person yeah to be persecuted so People i guess that's the silver lining since the salem witch trials jackie <laughs> Now they they blame the dead. Um, Yeah, so morbid, but super fascinating. Definitely one of the more interesting stories that I've read involving uh, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I get it. I don't get it, but... (laughs) We all want answers. But also, uh, one other thing is that when uh, Dracula was written, one of the um, supposedly... There's two more tidbits I have to give. Supposedly, um, I forget who wrote Dracula. um, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker. No. Bram Stoker allegedly or supposedly may have based one of the characters off of Mercy Brown. Mm. And another really fun fact is that when reading up on this article, there was this reference made to this mercy woman was a quilter but that she had a quilter pattern called wanderer's foot which is supposedly a rare new england like a rare pattern to see in quilts in new england and that uh the it carries a superstition that like anyone who lies under the quilt would fall sick and die so i'm not sure why you'd even quilt that (laughs) but here's the thing like so i read that i was like ooh, spooky but then i did a little bit more research on that and i found a little bit more information from lovequilty.blogspot.com that actually debunks that myth and says that the person even says like something like i don't know why podcasts keep saying that like this is in the wanderers uh, wow called out the wanderers foot because it's clearly a bear's paw pattern and like actually does the diagram of this quilt she had versus that pattern it's like yeah i don't know what they're talking about it's clearly not this thing but i guess it makes a better podcast story so i'm glad i didn't fall into that trap yeah man you you really dodged that bullet yeah Yeah. because i was just like ooh, this would be a fun tidbit to call but i was like i want to know more of like why if she did it because she was sick or something and then uh lovequilty.blogspot.com you can trust an acronismo to do the real digging and also to cover a story that other podcasts have covered before (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean that quilter really tore a hole in that in legend tapestry in that tapestry, tapestry of lies yeah tapestry of lies <laughs> there you go yep you got there we got there together well that's gonna do it for us today <laughs> i'm max i'm jackie i'm noel and this has been anachronismo, Standing here under the moonlight, watching us both cough up blood into our hands. Well, I feel like things are only going to get better from now I feel it too, Charles. Oh, are those beautiful... Are those crickets or nightingales singing? Oh, I've never heard this bird before. Ladies and gentlemen... The Vampire Oompa Band! Oh, it must be a parrot! <laughs> a New England parrot! Don't forget to tip your vampire musicians! That was our hit single, the Oompa That Oompa could song. also be misinterpreted as a dark joke, as a, as a stake through the heart.
Wow, just that's a, little... a fucked up thing to say to a vampire. Yeah, yeah. no, that's wow. a fucked up thing for a you vampire better... to say to other Ow, vamp- ow. <laughs> Get him, Mary. Hey. Whoa, I went out here playing music as like the vampires do. Yeah, well, at least you could do at least you could do is give us some of your blood. Get him, Mary. <laughs> Keep coughing blood at him until he goes away. Oh, thank Charles you. has a weak knee. Just chase him. <laughs> <laughs> very, very kind. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to sip your musicians. <laughs> Was that you choking on your blood? This, and spitting it out. Oh. <laughs> Brought to you by Make Fun Network. <laughs>